so I know that you're the one that's kind of like planning on eating something after we record every single time. But can I just tell you that I am freaking obsessed with taquitos right now? Oh, my. All sorts. Well, I yeah, me too. I have a, a frozen box of them actually in my freezer right now. And since we haven't had a car to get groceries, uh, fresh groceries, that's kind of what we've been eating for dinner. Oh, <laughs> and no. They, no, no. And it's not even, they hit the spot. They do the job. They do. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but they do. The hey, Nick, do you ones. want some taquitos? <laughs> okay, good. We're going to have some taquitos. Heat them up. <laughs> Yeah, and they yeah, I'm I also really like my mom gets these frozen tacos at Costco. And I don't go to Costco myself because it's a little intimidating for me. But she always yeah. brings us these box of frozen tacos and I don't know what it is about them. But I could they're so good, especially with like the right kind of salsa and stuff. They taste mm-hmm. like authentic frozen Mexican food. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah, it's oh, man. Every time that I try to convince myself that I'm not white trash, I have to remember that sometimes I have a box of taquitos in the freezer oh, and man. also pancakes and sausage on a stick. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Are those like breakfast corn dogs? Yes. That sounds excellent. Well, do you remember They're we so were going to go halfsies on that uh, giant hash package of hash browns and we never we never made plans for it. I, yeah. I That always sounds so good in theory, but it's just too much. I don't know. It's too much hash brown. It's just too much. It's too much. <laughs> okay, I'm getting hungry. Should we record the episode? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Carmen, you and your party walk into a recording booth. You see a person standing there in front of the monitor, getting ready to record, and two microphones set up. What do you do? Um, I press all the buttons that I can see, just um, all at once, immediately. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I think you're going to have to make a charisma check so that you don't annoy the uh, (laughs) audio engineer. You know, no, I've got got charisma at the wazoo. He doesn't even care. He's actually thanking me for, you know, fixing everything for him. (laughs) It's just intuitive for me. (laughs) That's great. I'm assuming you rolled a nat 20 on that then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A nat 20? (laughs) There's so much jargon. (laughs) So much. Well, you know, we got to we got to talk this jargon today. Yeah, I learned a lot. So I actually will be able to keep up with a lot of this. Um, <laughs> I didn't think that I would ever, ever, ever play this game. Not even not even, you know, because I never w- wanted to just I just never thought it happened, but it did. Yeah. So today we are talking about role playing games. Dun, 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 dun. So, yeah, today we're talking about role playing games mm-hmm. and uh, it is my topic today yes. because I am a gigantic nerd that likes to play pretend with other grown-up adults <laughs> around a table. 
And that is what I do. And yeah. when I say it like that, it sounds awful, but it's a lot of fun. No, it doesn't sound, it's kind of, I mean, like this matters any anyway and like you would care. But I mean, I feel like these kinds of games are starting to gain like cool popularity again. I don't know, because people mm-hmm. don't, people don't really care anymore about how like nerdy or geeky they come off as. They just want to have fun. I feel, especially as you get older, you're just like, this game is fun and I don't care about like its reputation. I'm going to play it, you know? I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like we're straying away from that stereotype, you know? I feel yeah, like Yeah, and it's so refreshing. Yeah, it's nice. Just let yeah. people play games cuz they're fun, you know? Mhm. Yeah, so I'm going to get to that part, but I I feel like going in chronological order today. Let's do it. And, and starting with the history of role-playing yeah. games. Um and and kind of introducing the concept. Um because the first thing that we have to do is we have to define what a role-playing game is Mm -hmm. and as it turns out that is incredibly difficult Mm -hmm. because and this is a stupid thought experiment that i did with nick and it drove him absolutely up the wall if you take it at its like like most bare bones definition like any game where you're playing a role of any sort is a role-playing game well yeah i mean so like improv it's sure. a role playing game that's, that's a role playing game yeah how about all video games where you're pretending to be someone else and yeah rpg that's what that term is right rpg yep. i yep. learned and... that too recently <laughs> <laughs> how about monopoly though and this is where like nick really started to tear his hair out because i was like you play no, a- monopoly <laughs> you play an investor that is trying to make a monopoly in this little town no here. <laughs> that's a stretch are you sure yeah because like even games like capture the flag like it's two teams that are pretending to be rivals okay so right? is literally get every game a role-playing game then <laughs> That's that's what I was trying to get at, and that's oh, okay. why it drove him up the wall. Because I was like, oh, no, I we can have see to be really specific in the definition here. Yeah, for sure. Because in tic tac toe, you could you could be like, I'm playing, um, you know, a enemy and you know, whatever. You're trying to claim territory. Yeah, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. That's silly, but that's interesting. <laughs> but I don't know if I buy that yet. I don't know. I mean, and I, I don't know, my goal isn't to convince you too much. It was really more of a thought exercise. Yeah, it like, is interesting. There are games, like, another example that I used was the card game Magic the Gathering, where, like, there is literally a phrase on the back of some of the boxes that say, you are a planeswalker, and it is your goal to, like, play spells and defeat well, other planeswalkers and like it's a card game though it's not actually a well no i think that's pretty clear that it's a role-playing game because you do step into a specific i think that's what it that's when it the line is drawn is when it's a specific role like you have someone with characteristics and flaws and stuff that you have to kind of take on as your own as opposed to like you're something you know competing against another thing that's that's too broad and stuff. So I think I thought Magic the Gathering was like a well-known role-playing game. Like I thought it was accepted as a role-playing game. It's not. It's it's a collectible it's a card, card game. game. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure that I probably caused like 
for aneurysms just by saying that <laughs> it is a role playing game from you know nerds that aren't even listening to this. Right. Well, no, I'm not. I'm I'm not going to classify it as a role playing game because. The whole point of classifying different games is to be able to, you know, put things in categories. Yeah. We're humans. We like organization and sure. we like things to be put nice and neatly in different slots, you know? Yeah. And maybe there's some crossover, but if we classify all games as RPGs, then no game Nothing is an RPG. Nothing is an RPG, exactly. Right? <laughs> so for the sake of today's episode, um, I am going to uh, define a role-playing game as a game where the player is able to customize either the character or their party um, in the game that they are playing and through their actions and decisions, shape their environment and influence the outcomes of the scenarios that they are in. Yeah. So I think that's a it, good one. Yeah. It's, it's a little specific and I tried I to fit in to things like, Japanese RPGs, because they're very different than, like, American and European RPGs, yeah. which I'll kind of go into the difference a little bit later. But that, I think, is broad enough to cover everything, while, you know, specific enough to not cover everything. Totally. So, yeah. yes. Uh, Good death. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Good solid death. So, a lot of people think that role-playing games um, started in the 1970s with Dungeons & Dragons, but... The RPG that we know today actually started much earlier than that. And it takes a little bit of digging around on the internet because, like, as of right now, the only, like, kind of widespread discussion about how far back role-playing games go is, like, on the Wikipedia page. And I was yeah. like, eh, I'd like a little bit extra research on this, you know, a few more mentions other than the Wikipedia page that says that in Harpo Marx's autobiography, he talks about a game called Assassination that was played in New York City in the 1920s. And that sounds really exciting, but there's not a whole lot of other, like, hard written history on that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had to dig around and look on forums and stuff. And what I found was really interesting because there were a lot of guys and, you know, some women, but mostly guys mm -hmm. that said, oh, yeah, no, I played a game like this in university when i attended in like 1970 and it was a university tradition that had been played as far as back as most people could remember yeah so i think it's one of those things that's kind of like red rover you know where like <laughs> nobody knows where it begins yeah it's just or there. how long it's been there it's just always been there and for some reason everybody knows how to play yeah that is pretty funny. Oh, Red Rover was the worst, speaking of. It was pretty bad. I would much... I mean, the game of Assassin was pretty simple as far as I can understand. Basically, you, like, had a group of people and nobody knew who the Assassin was. And you had to be, like, very suspicious of everybody while still playing it cool. Like, we're not playing a game. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> then the Assassin would basically come up to you and be like, you're dead. Yeah. And, like, you were out of the game. So... Wow. Pretty yeah. Simplistic. It sounds yeah, fun. Yeah, but I kind of I kind of like this um imagery of like celebrities playing it in New York City, like <laughs> in their like, you know, their fedora hats and their you know, <laughs> walk up just <clears throat> you're dead. <laughs> like make this huge yeah. show of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's what I can gather, but I mean, it could have been played for 
a long time before that too. Yeah. I mean, who really knows? Well, it's a simple enough game that you feel like someone at some point would have come up with, you know. I mean, there's already variations of that if you think like about Murder of the Dark or Mafia or something like that. Exactly. But yeah. you know, it probably it probably was a board game, like a really, really rudimentary board game before this, you know? It's probably gone through several stages and reached its reached its peak at role playing status. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Um, There are also more structured versions of the game. And in order to look at that, we'd have to look at actually war games from the late 1800s and early 1900s. So we're going back a few centuries here. So, like, you know how in war movies, there's, like, always this scene with generals that have this big table with a map on them. Yeah. And, like, there's markers that are representing, like, troops and vehicles and, you know, all of that stuff. It's awesome. Game of Thrones comes to mind. Yeah, exactly. So that concept was actually adopted into a game format when people realized, like, you could recreate exciting historical Uh battles, um, such as ones from, like, the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, um, and Napoleonic battles. Mm -hmm. You know, and you could recreate that on tabletops. But instead of recreating each movement and getting the same outcomes, they could change troop movements, spend resources differently, and then get different results from each battle. That's really cool. Yeah, it's a really, really cool idea. Well, it reminds me of historical reenactments. Would you consider those role-playing games or would you just consider them, you know, artistic reenactments of historical events? Um... It, it kind of has that weird middle ground. I, to give a definitive answer, it would just be a historical reenactment. Yeah. But there are people who will, um, like, dress up and go out and, like, do these things, but, like, hope for different outcomes. And they're mm-hmm. called live action role players. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't know when. LARP. Yeah. LARP for short, LARP. which is just a fun word to say. Oh, it's a fun word. LARP. 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 Also, side note, I still haven't forgiven you for telling Michael that I am a LARPer. Uh, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> What's done is done. Does Michael he was still like, think that I'm a LARPer? Um, well, no, and I think, oh, okay. honestly, he was just super fascinated, you know, even though I was kind of, he was just fascinated because I don't think he's ever known anyone that's done that. But yeah, he, he knows now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mean, sorry. <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing wrong with LARPing, you know, if if that's what makes people happy. It's just then, not what you know you that's do. great. It's just not what I do. Like I'm yeah. very intimidated by it. Extremely yeah, intimidated a, by it. It's an emotional commitment, I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I I don't know if I have what it takes. <laughs> no, I know I don't. I really don't. So yeah, so we're looking at like actual historical reenactments here. And like Famous people played these games, too. Mm-hmm. So H.G. Wells, like the science fiction writer, he oh, even yeah. wrote a rule book for games like this because he loved them so much. Like, like a, a unifying rule book for all role-playing games? Not for all of them, but he was just like, I really like these tabletop games. Yeah. I want That's to write cool. a rule book for it. And he did. He did it. he was that kind of guy. So the most interesting leap from you know, these tabletop war games to the more like fantasy based games that we know now was actually with the publication of the Lord of the Rings books. Mm. And with that, the fantasy genre kind of like jumped up, you know, in, in popularity. Yeah. And so rather than having like 
troops of Northern American soldiers versus the Southern soldiers, um, it turned into like elves and orcs. And it gave way to a much more open, flexible world where instead of guns and, you know, tanks, troops could use like bows and arrows or swords or wands or or potions. Yeah, magic. (laughs) I'm like, that's really cool. You know, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, my imagination can just do whatever it wants. You can do whatever I want it to. It's really exciting. It was super exciting. So. There were two guys of note at this point. Their names are Gary Gygax and Mm -hmm. Dave Arneson. And they were, I mean, they were huge nerds. And they were fans of both, like, the fantasy genre and these tabletop games. Perfect. So together, together they collaborated to create a game that at the time was simply called the Fantasy Game. But but it eventually became, you know, Dungeons & Dragons. Excellent. Yes. Yep. Da, da, da. The fantasy game. The that fantasy is, game. That's just as appropriate as Dungeons and Dragons, you know? It really is. But the name Dungeons and Dragons is very, very important. Oh. Um, so just kind of keep that. I'm doing a lot of like keep that in mind sort of okay, things this episode. But yeah, it just becomes really important. The game has gone through um, a lot of different editions and it's seen a lot of different influences from like literature and different cultures. So as you can imagine, like the world of the Lord of the Rings has had a huge influence on oh, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, um, actually to the point where the writers of like these manuals had to change some of the names of the races <laughs> because Tolkien M- Enterprises was like, uh-uh. uh, no, you can't have ants well, and you can't have hobbits. So they were like, well, what about tree ants? And halflings. Mm, okay, all right. And apparently that, like, passed in court. <laughs> so, so I mean, there's things like that, but you also see a lot of, like, pop culture kind of popping up in Dungeons & Dragons. So, like, at one point it's possible for a character to pick up a Vorpal sword, which <laughs> is an obvious reference to the poem about the Jabberwocky in Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... Did you watch the Disney movie? Where not for a long time. It uh, probably would be obvious if I, you know, had had any knowledge about that. But, yeah, yeah. So it's it's called the Vorpal Sword, and it makes a very specific noise. <laughs> and that's <laughs> Does it like sound like Vorp Snickersnack. Snickersnack. <laughs> yes, awesome. the sound that the Vorpal Sword makes is Snickersnack. When it just goes through the air or when it makes contact with something? That's a good question. And if you <laughs> just all read, the time? <laughs> if you can read Lewis Carroll's poems and understand every bit of it, then, you know, please get back to me on that because... He's a little too acidy for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that a no then? I, I'll, I'll give it a try. I'm intrigued right now. Honestly, I only I only ever watched Alice in Wonderland and like the live action remake, but I've never given time to any of his um, his books. I've just heard they're really trippy. Mm-hmm. They are. Yeah. And a lot of people have said different things about like, no, it's supposed to be satire on like the way that mathematics was evolving and being taught at the time. What? And yeah. I think he was just high. That's another theory. That people have. <laughs> I guess I can't really make a I can't make a fair assessment yet. I haven't read them yet, but I yeah. uh, it'll, I'll, get, it, I'll get back it to it you. It takes on that. like forty five minutes to read a yeah. book. 
Interesting. Yeah, it's not it's not too long. I also have to throw in the fact that there is a chance for Baba Yaga and her walking cabin to uh her walking Baba hut Yaga? to make a yeah, appearance. Why does Baba Yaga sound so familiar? It's because that one I of freaking fairy- love her. Yeah, it was it's one of your fairy tales, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, I I am in freaking love with anything Baba Yaga related, honestly. That's right. I she's an old woman that lives in a hut in the swamp and the hut has chicken legs so that she can go wherever she wants and <laughs> like it's an early form of trailers apparently yeah. which only <laughs> serves to reinforce the idea that I am secretly white trash. So <laughs> It's just secret. Nobody knows it yet. That's In a past great. life, maybe. That's really <laughs> funny. Baba Yaga. Wait, so there is a Dungeons and Dragons reference to Baba Yaga is what you're saying? Oh, you can fight her. Oh. She is a monster. She's <sighs> like straight up. Yeah. Fight Baba Yaga. I know. That's pretty like, cool. It's, it's, I just, I want Baba Yaga in everything mm-hmm. and everywhere. I just, I need Baba Yaga in my life she, yeah more I, in more places in my life i understand I why i understand yeah. so from there um it actually got pretty popular pretty quick the game dungeons and dragons and uh by the late 1970s there actually started to be a whole lot of controversy and i'm really fascinated by the fact that nerd things have a tendency to create kind of this like fervor in the conservative religious and parenting communities <laughs> Well, because, like, remember the concern over Pottermania from, like, 1999 to 2003? Yeah. Where, like, parents and religious leaders were spreading the idea that the book series was influenced by Satan because the books promoted witchcraft and the occult. And there couldn't possibly be any other reason for the book's popularity except for Satan's direct influence over children's impressionable minds. Oh, man. The books are magical that's why they're so popular <laughs> those just, books have such good like they have such good morals too like they're about friendship and love and stuff it's not yeah. oh, that just oh, that's upsetting it is well and it's funny that you say that because like my grandma one of my grandmas was one of those people that was like it's it's satan it's the end times and it's satan and finally after realizing that like every single one of her grandchildren was reading, was reading it and loved those books she was like fine i'll just read one and then afterwards she was like it has the best message ever it in does. any book that i've ever read because the message was that the greatest magic was love it is that's the that's the best part oh, those are so <sighs> special i guess i'm just i'm gonna have to reread them now that's just what's gonna happen <laughs> Anyway, that's a little bit of a tangent, but I mean, people have always been like that, right? So anyway, Dungeons and Dragons faced a lot of very similar criticisms, including the idea that it actively encouraged devil worship and like arcane ceremonies. Hmm. With the idea being that like by spending time pretending to live in another world and live another life, kids and young adults were becoming like disconnected or dissatisfied with reality or had a hard time discerning between fantasy and reality. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. I've actually heard same criticisms towards um, games like Grand Theft Auto, where it's like, you know, you're in this, you're in this like world and you can't, I don't know, arguments towards if kids that play that game have a tendency towards violence or something like you can't differentiate between. Yeah. I've heard the same stuff about that game. I don't know. I feel like 
video games and role-playing games are really different in the sense in role-playing games it really is literally all your imagination <laughs> mm-hmm. you know exactly yeah it's i mean it's all i mean i shouldn't say it's all coming from your brain because there's like literally books written on <laughs> role-playing games and like the settings and the characters oh, yeah. and the creatures and like weapons and yeah stuff. that's true so I mean, it's, yeah, it's not entirely imagination, but at the same time, like, you you have to use your imagination to kind of drive these things forward, so. Yeah. Do you remember when I told you about One Million Moms? Yes. This was a few episodes ago. So, uh, there was a group that was basically One Million Moms of the, like, 70s and 80s, but they were called BAD with two Ds, so it was spelled B-A-D-D. Uh-huh. Are you ready? Are you ready for what it stands for? Bothered oh. about Dungeons and Dragons. Ugh. <laughs> Just bothered. Uh, Just bothered. So wishy-washy. But, you know, you, you they had to choose something that started with B so that yeah, they, yeah, could yeah. So they could make bad. it bad. It's sure. bad. <laughs> it's all about, you know, presentation. Mhm. Yeah, uh. there was there was even this like made for TV movie starring a baby Tom Hanks. Based uh-huh. off of the story of a college kid. No, this is a, this is seriously a thing that happened. So there's this college kid that was named James Dallas Egbert the Third. This is a real name. I'm not making this up. <laughs> um, he actually attempted suicide in the tunnels underneath his college campus, mm-hmm. and a lot of adults thought that it was connected to the live action role playing that he did, but. Like, surprise, surprise, it turns out that his depression and stress were actually his main motivations for his suicide attempt. Oh. But because role-playing had such a bad rap, like, it, you know, was blamed for that particular instance of a suicide attempt. Uh, Yeah, so (laughs) there was this movie made that was, like, portraying LARPing in a negative light, and, yeah, Tom Hanks was in it. Hmm. I haven't watched it, but it exists. That's interesting. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Mostly because of Tom Hanks. Yeah, I mean, it's Tom Hanks. It's Tom. It's Tom. Hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. What you doing, Tom? But, I mean, you know, and, like, I look at the benefits of role-playing games because, like, actual psychological studies have been conducted on the effects of role-playing games, like, on Mm -hmm. kids in particular. It turns out they can help kids learn to express themselves better and learn more social skills. Oh, so yeah. I'm willing to bet that this uh, Egbert kid, like, probably benefited more from LARPing. Yeah, he probably than... it probably was like a really really special thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's not just D and D either, but I'm sure a lot of those uh, games. Well, a lot of these role playing games where there has to be a creative aspect about it. Um, helps a lot of, I don't know, just helps a lot of kids just learn how to be more creative and like you said, like express themselves. But like you said, you said that you didn't play Dungeons and Dragons when you were talking about role playing games when you first told me that you played them, but you insisted it wasn't Dungeons and Dragons and I'm not entirely (laughs) sure what else there was at that point. So what else, what were you talking about? Yeah, so it turns out there's like a ton of role playing games And just really quickly, like the one that I was talking about, it's called Through the Breach, which is Mm -hmm. based off of a tabletop war game, going back to what I was originally talking about, um, called Malifaux. So basically it was a tabletop war game. You know, you have the pieces that you move around a board. And then that company created a pen and paper role-playing game based off of it. So it's like super nerdy. (laughs) 
Um, it's called Through the Breach. It takes place about 150 years ago in like an alternate history where magic has been unleashed on Earth mm-hmm. um, through a portal to an alternate plane of existence. And so the game takes place on this like alternate plane. And it is just like this absolute mess of genres. And this is partly why I like it. I'm sure that a lot of people <laughs> would like listen and be like, no, that's too much. But yeah. it like the main city, which is called Malifaux has kind of like a Victorian steampunk aesthetic. But if you leave the city, you run into a lot of like Wild West stuff in the desert, Mm -hmm. where if you go to the forest, you'll find like demons and fairies. And if you go to the mountains, you'll find like werewolves and Cerberuses and women. Chock full of goodies. Yeah. And there's also necromancers and goblins and ninjas. And also Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga! So... (laughs) Bobby Yaga. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it, it's really no wonder that I dig it. As far as the range of RPGs go, like, there are so many of them. Like, so, so many. I don't think it's possible to actually put a number on how many exist. Uh-huh. Partly because, like, there's so many to begin with, but then there's also, like, different versions that older games in particular go through. Right. So, like, D&D, when we talk about D&D um, and the game that we played last night which i think we'll kind of get to that here towards the end Mm -hmm. but uh we did play a game last night that was fifth edition and you may think like well audrey that means that there's only been five editions of it but no 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 No, that's just words (laughs) yes words mean mean nothing numbers mean nothing no because before fifth edition there was actually 4.5 and before 4.5, there was 4. And, uh, like, yeah. I see, I, I see. Yeah. So, so there's, there's been, really 10? Or, like, <laughs> it's just gets... They just kind of go smaller and smaller decimal points. <laughs> <laughs> Are there endless versions of Dungeons & Dragons? The limit does not exist. The limit does not exist! <laughs> <laughs> I think I said that at some point last night, too. I'm really glad that we'll be... I'm really glad that there will be some, yeah, connecting some, jokes there. Yeah, some mean girls thrown in. References. Mean girls is everything. Uh, like every, yeah, every day. Every day. <laughs> I want to quote mean girls, and I have to hold myself back. So, you know, you have to remember that because D&D kind of picked up in popularity in the 1970s, that's when a lot of other game companies were like, we've got to cash in on this craze. Yeah. So there were a lot of knockoffs, of course. Um, but once people started to realize that, like, RPGs were here to stay different genres started to develop. If you go to the RPG book section of a game store, you can find games that take place in like alternate steampunk histories or Mm -hmm. like superhero RPGs or ones with Lovecraftian themes, some that take place in the near future, some that take place in the far future. You can play as vampires or werewolves or cyborgs or gunslinging cowboys or aliens. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I'm running out of breath here. There's so many possibilities. (laughs) And it's also important to note that there's RPGs for a bunch of franchises that already exist. Like, there are Star Wars RPGs, and Marvel, and DC. There was even, and I kid you not, an RPG called Bunnies and Burrows that was based (laughs) off of the novel Watership Down. (gasps) Bunnies and Burrows. That sounds like my kind of game. Yeah, and this kind of goes back to what I mentioned before about, like, the name Dungeons & Dragons being very important, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people really dug that alliteration. Oh, yeah. It rolls off the tongue very nicely. It does, you know? So, 
Yeah, so like the movie that Tom Hanks was in is called Mazes and Monsters. Like, <laughs> yeah. You just, like, that alliteration is just so popular. Mm hmm. Anyway, the point is, whatever you're interested in, there is something to cater to your tastes. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed 100%. My group of friends that likes to play RPGs, that I that I play RPGs with, um, they played one a couple weeks ago when I was gone, and I was really sad I kind of missed out on this, where they were like, yeah, so you play a clone in, like, an office building, and random things happen, and you're probably going to die, but it only takes a session, and you have to do some interesting things, but you never know what the outcome's gonna be. And, like, it sounds really boring, but at the same time, I was just like, that I sounds want awesome. to do that. Yeah, I think it sounds great. Yeah, you should have them play it again with you. Yeah, I really, I'm gonna try and convince them to do that, and if it's good, I'll, you know, spread the love. Yeah. Spread the love. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, you mentioned near the beginning of the episode that it's becoming a little bit more mainstream. And, yeah. like, you have no idea how much that warms my heart. Because I remember as a kid, it really wasn't. And yeah. it kind of had a bad rap. And, yeah. you know, as I was kind of looking at everything and compiling all of this information, I couldn't help but remember the cartoon Recess. Do you remember watching that? Um, it was a Disney yes. cartoon? Mm -hmm. So they had this episode... Um, where TJ broke his arm or like leg or something, and he wasn't mm -hmm. allowed to play outside until he healed. So he ended up having to spend recess with a whole bunch of these like stereotypical nerds. And like, mm -hmm. you know, the ones that I'm talking about, oh, like yeah. suspenders, glasses, acne, pale, skinny, or fat, like nobody's normal sized, you know? Yeah, yeah. So he had to like spend recess with them, and they played a Dungeons and Dragons type game. And even though he was really resistant to it at first, he ended up really enjoying it. So it's a yeah. pretty good lesson for, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. But at the end of the episode, it has TJ getting better, and he encourages his new friends to spend time in, like, the outside world, uh -huh. where the nerds just end up getting bullied excessively, and despite the fact that TJ stands up for them, they basically tell him that, like, the two worlds just aren't compatible, yeah. and they end up going back inside to play their pretend game. And, like, oh, that's, that's kind sad. of... Yeah, and it was just, like, I think about it now, and it's such a downer, because, yeah. like, that's just not... Not the way that it is. No, you know? it's not. I feel like, oh, man, maybe I'm just naive, but I feel like kids are a lot, I, they're a lot more accepting and friendly. I don't know. I, I never saw, maybe I am naive. I just never saw that happen, you know? Mm -hmm. I never saw, like, people actively turning people away being like from playing with them, you know? Right, yeah. And, like, I didn't see a lot of that either, but I definitely saw a lot of kind of that stigma when I was in like elementary school. I remember in third and fourth grade, there was this kid in my class who was like a better reader than I was. And first of all, I was insanely jealous of him because that made me the second best reader in class. <laughs> yeah. And I hated that. I wanted yeah. to be the best. Oh yeah. I know how you feel. I know. But also he was reading like The Hobbit in fourth grade. And I just kind of looked at that and I was like, oh, I don't think I can tackle that yet. Yeah. And he kind of had that like weird stigma where he was like the smart kid that read geeky books, you know? Yeah. And I feel really bad now, but like partly I think because of the way that media portrayed nerds, I just kind of looked at that and I was like, no, never. I'm not associating with him. Yeah. 
Yeah, may, and you know, it might be because you're influenced by TV, but like really other than other than the fact that he like was a, maybe a better reader than you and played weird games, you know, that that was that that was why, you know, people probably don't want to associate with him. It's really sad because I actually think that and like they probably are just some of the most richest people. Like they have yeah. so much they just have so much to talk about. They're reading Tolkien and at such a young age, you know, but and they're playing these really these games that rely on creativity and, you know, a good good memorization of like, you know, a world that's not actually real. I think it's really impressive, but a lot of people won't give them a chance because there is a stigma. But they're probably really cool people to have in your lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- I feel like I realized all of this kind of stuff way too late. You know, the kind of people I would have loved to have been friends with in junior high and high school. I'm just realizing now that I had so many chances to have so many cool people in my circle of friends and I just didn't take those chances, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's kind of a tragedy, but you know, we're, I mean, our lives aren't over, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, I think it's a good thing that we can like choose our friends now, you know? And, and I think that agreeing to spend time with Nick at the game store, which I do affectionately called the nerd hole. Yeah. Every once in a while. Very affectionately. <laughs> um, because I am also a nerd and I mm-hmm. hang out in that hole with the other nerds. You know, it's been it's been really great for me because I have made some friends there that I just kind of look at them and I'm like, I want to spend time with you. Totally. Like, you have so much to say that I just have no context for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think a lot of this, uh, maybe... More recently, I think a lot of the popularity or, you know, people not giving it such a hard time. Um, Stranger Things kind of made Dungeons and Dragons a little bit more, I don't want to say acceptable, but I mean, people who didn't know enough about Dungeons and Dragons, when they watched the show, they were like, oh, yeah, that's that type of, okay, I understand now. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of like opened up, I feel like it opened up a lot of conversations about the game and maybe made a lot more people interested in playing it. You know, I think people, I think people have an idea of what Dungeons and Dragons is. And it's that people, you're always dressing up and you're always, you know, super, super, you have to have this super huge knowledge of fantasy worlds and how they work and stuff. But in reality, I had no experience with any of that kind of stuff. And I played a game easy yesterday and it was so much fun. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what I feel like that's say what you will about Stranger Things. But yeah, I think it opened up a lot of people's um, minds about approaching Dungeons and Dragons as a real hobby and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people say the same thing. Mm-hmm. And like my experience is a little bit more different because, you know, I of course look at Stranger Things and I'm like, well, it's still not a great image because it's a bunch of like bullied kids that are playing it. But like Yeah, they're the protagonists of the show, you know, and the heroes. Yeah, they end up being like really super rad. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's it's a little bit of give and take, I think. Yeah, and that's kind of what I mean by nerd culture. I don't even mean just, like, doing nerd culture because it's cool, but it actually becoming cool. You know, there's people that mm-hmm. will just t- kind of, like, try to take part of it because it's what's trendy. But I think it's trendy now because people are realizing it's a lot cooler than they gave it credit for. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or at least, like, at least we're in a world now where we can accept that people like the things that they like. You know, and and it's not cool to belittle yeah. people because of the things that they like. And it also helps that, like, there are, yeah. like, people in Hollywood that have admitted to playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. 
Yeah, that helps too. Yeah, did you know that Vin Diesel is like a huge D&D nerd? No. Yes. <laughs> That's so cute though. Like, as far as like the D&D world goes, everybody knows that Vin Diesel plays and he is like the D&D king. Simply because like he visually defies all expectations, you know? Oh yeah, this I believe big, it. Buff, tough guy, you know. He plays the protagonist in all of the Fast and the Furious movies, and he totally. drives really fast cars, and he does really dangerous things. But the actor himself, he plays Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Oh my gosh. Um, it looks like Dwayne the Rock Johnson also plays <laughs> D and D. I just love him so much. Why do I love him? That is because, that's another that's another one. It's so funny. He's like mm-hmm. a huge bodybuilder and he plays D&D. Oh, Stephen King it looks like. That's pretty. Ah, I can see that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's funny. Wow, yeah. this list is interesting. Yeah, I'm assuming you're looking at the same list that I ended up looking at. Um Probably. which also has like Stephen Colbert and Anderson Cooper, oh, yeah. Marilyn Manson, Tim Duncan, Robin Williams. Wow, I mean, yeah. I'm not on that list, but there's a there. I, I share a few. I have Vin Diesel, Mike Myers, Stephen Colbert. You just said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then the other one um, that I thought was really interesting was Pendleton Ward, who oh, yeah, totally. he created Adventure Time, which like if you watched he plays it, that yeah, yeah, like he's That's actually like that 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 show is like. Dungeons and Dragons in a TV show, pretty much. Yes, pretty much. And it's so funny because, like, there's the, like, Dungeons and Dragons episode where Finn ends up on the train where he just goes from one car to another, like, killing monsters and collecting loot forever and ever. And it's, like, its own personal hell. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't know know how much more meta you can get than that, but Mm -hmm. um, it also... I mean, if we're going to talk about meta things, um, we should probably also talk about Dan Harmon, who is, uh, I mean, I think right now more well known for creating Rick and Morty, but before that he created Community. I just love that show so much. If you, if you've given, tried to give Community a chance and you had to give up, just try to push through the first, I I say this with every show pretty much. Honestly, it is so special. It is such a good show. Mm-hmm. And then it gets weird and then it, you know, whatever. But yeah. for a few seasons, it is excellent. And the Dungeons and Dragons episode is just case in point. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, apparently, Dan Harmon got the script to the producers a little too late because they read the script and they were like, no, we want to throw it out. But we can't because there's no time to get a new episode. <laughs> and I mean, the episode does have some flaws. But overall, like, it was a really positive episode yeah. where, you know, the the group connected with a stereotypical nerd. And that's where I think the flaws are is because they're like, we bullied the stereotypical nerd. Yeah. So let's play Dungeons and Dragons because he's a stereotypical nerd. <laughs> yeah. But, but it ended up being a really fun episode, which, mm-hmm. what do you think about it, is absolutely bonkers because, like... 95% of the episode is just them sitting around the table and talking. Yeah. It's crazy, but it but works. But it's so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't think you see any of the visual representations of like what they're imagining. They're just, you're right, they are just sitting around the table talking about it, but watching it is so much fun. Mm-hmm. And that's the game. Like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. 
That was yeah. a good episode. I'm gonna have to rewatch that show too. Yeah. So I've mentioned like a lot of these kind of fictional representations of the game kind of have the negative stereotypes associated with them. Yeah. But I will tell you what a good representation of the game is, and that is Harmon Quest. And this is still a Dan Harmon thing. But he um, actually has a show on a subscription streaming service called VRV. Okay. Where he and three of his friends and a guest celebrity all play. um, I'm pretty sure it's Pathfinder, which is very much like Dungeons and Dragons. On the surface, they don't look very different at all. It might be Dungeons and Dragons, but like they can't say specifically what it is because (laughs) right. But everyone knows. But yeah, like they have Pathfinder books on the table. So (laughs) whether it's um, because that's what it is or because it's decoration, like whatever you can assume. Right. So it's pretty good because um, most of it is animated, which I think is super great because like. Part of the fun of playing RPGs is, like, imagining what your characters are doing and trying to get others to visualize it. Yeah. So seeing what people are imagining on the screen is just, like, such a delight. Oh, yeah. And then, like, they get a guest celebrity for every episode. So they've had, like, Aubrey Plaza and Nathan Fillion and mm-hmm. Chelsea Peretti and Patton Oswalt and Elizabeth Olsen. Like... <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, like names that most people recognize. Yeah, and they're yeah. It just it, again, it's just more publicity and more positive like association with the game. I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's insane, and it's sometimes extremely violent. Like the episode that has Aubrey Plaza in it is like actually like the first time i tried to watch it i was like no i can't do this because yikes. it's just like yikes but then i watched it all the way through and i was like yeah okay that yeah. was worth it cuz it's aubrey plaza it's aubrey it's going to be yeah. dark it's going to be dark <laughs> so you know i i mean what do you expect really but it is entertaining so i recommend it yeah um but you do you you do have to pay for that if you want to get into something that you don't have to pay for, mm-hmm. I highly recommend listening to the podcast The Adventure Zone. Yeah, you, yep, you've yep, you you love this one. <laughs> yeah, I do. I know I've recommended it like off. Mic I've listened you you times. Yeah, you've had you've had me listen to clips at work, and it really is super funny. It's so yeah, it is just such a delight, and like you kind of have to get through the first little bit because they're just like, haha, this is a fun yeah. stupid thing that we're doing with our family but then like then they it gets get serious. into the story and it is just so engrossing and i'm not gonna lie i cried in the last like three episodes I every single it. episode i was crying in the last episode i just like laid on my couch and listened to it and like one of the guys would say something and I'd like all of a sudden burst out in like these heaving ugly sobs like <laughs> oh my gosh well, they love each other so much yeah it's just like any other well-told story and then you get you you have like you know you have the actual Dungeons and Dragons story but then you have the brothers and their own little things going on and stuff like it's mm-hmm. it's it's multi-level that's an yeah. awesome that's an awesome pod yeah, it's like, I just, I cannot recommend it enough. I mean, to everybody, like, you don't even have to be into RPGs. Like, it is it's just, just a good podcast, an amazing piece of storytelling. And right. yeah, by the time they get to the last few episodes, like there are some jaw dropping moments that you're just kind of like, I cannot believe that they pulled this off, like without planning it, mm-hmm. because none of it's planned. You know, I mean, except for the story by 
Griffin, who is the the DM, um, mm-hmm. he plans out the story, but he has to react to the way that his brothers and his dad, you know, take their actions and, right. and you know, the things that they say. And I mean, it's so funny. I, I There was an episode where I laughed so hard that I had to stop listening to it because I was crying and I couldn't hear the podcast over myself. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop gushing about it now, but like, please, please check it out. Yeah, seriously, do. Mm-hmm. So actually, before I came over to your, well, before Michael and I came over to your house to play, we had spent like the whole day playing um, Zelda, mm-hmm. the new Zelda, the Breath of the Wild, I almost called it. I always call it Breath of the Winder because that's what he always calls it. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and that is considered a role-playing game, is it not? It's not, actually. What? I know. It's kind of crazy and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I hear everybody until... calling that RPG, I thought. Um, man, I'm just way off. Yeah, so I, I I can understand why a lot of people would call it an RPG, but we kind of have to look at like the brief history of video games before I can like explain to you why it's okay. not an RPG. Yeah, let's hear it. Um because it is really hard to pin down what like the first RPG video game is because it wasn't until probably the last decade or so that like RPGs, um at least western RPGs have a very strong definition of what they are. So okay. going all the way back, one of the first visual games, period, um was an Atari game that was simply called Adventure where players play as a little cube with a sword and you have to explore a dungeon and find the chalice and key and escape before being eaten by a dragon or several dragons. I like that. Yeah, it's really simple. It's fun. You can actually play it for free on IGN's website. So Mm -hmm. I will try to remember to link that to our Twitter. Yes. And it can be really easy to argue that that game is an RPG, but we, we reach a point in video game history where like the the characters that the players are playing are truly customizable and uh-huh. their decisions actually influence their environments in like visible tangible ways totally so those are the games that i would classify as rpgs whereas there are games that you know the zelda franchise would fall into and like tomb raider and bioshock mm-hmm. um would be classified more as adventure games okay. you don't really like choose your character and yeah you don't very, really yeah okay i understand yeah like there's very limited customization and the story is very linear like there may be some open world exploration but like you still have to take certain actions to reach the end yeah. everybody okay. is pretty much playing the same game the same game you're right yeah you know, modern RPGs are a little different. And these are games like um, Fallout and Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Um, you can customize your character, like I said, not just the way that they look, but like what class they play, the way they interact with in-game characters, what right. weapons and armor they wear, like all of that stuff. And so okay. like, that's where I draw the distinction. I also briefly mentioned uh, JRPGs or Japanese um, role-playing games. Mm-hmm. And those are kind of a different class in that, like, you don't customize your character, but you customize your team. So you have, like, a lot of different characters to choose from to, like, make up your team. Okay. So it's a little bit of a mix of, like, what I've just defined as adventure and what I've just defined as RPG. So kind of like what I said at the very beginning, it's very, very difficult to pin down a single, yeah, like, I think I definition, understand. but, yeah. Um, People, real RPG games will have different outcomes for everybody, right? Pretty um, much? Yeah, I mean, 
not different outcomes for like every single person that plays. Oh, but right. It'll generally have like it depends a few on... different endings. Right. Yeah. Or like depending on how you interact with some of the non-player characters, you know, that might influence one area of the game. So, okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to like sound like I'm knocking on this in any way because like I don't think it's quite as social as playing like pen and paper RPGs mm-hmm. because like it's still a creative outlet and so just because I haven't talked about it a lot doesn't mean that I don't still appreciate it right. it's just I feel like there's a lot less to say just because like the social aspect isn't really there totally so but it's important to note you know there's still yeah. playing games Yeah, so you had not played any sort of role-playing game, at least a pen and paper role-playing game, Mm -mm. until last night when I invited you and Michael over to play Dungeons & Dragons. That's right. So just tell me a little bit about what you thought and, like, what what your character was and and your experience. Well, so I I really, really needed your help coming, like, coming over to put together all the stats and stuff. Cause I didn't know, I, I kind of knew how to play the game. You just kind of say, okay, do this, do this, you know, and you roll a dice and I didn't know the specifics about the dice. There are many die that you use by the way. It's yes. Kind of confusing. <laughs> but yeah, so I went over to your house and you helped me figure out my character and stuff. And she's a half elf druid and she, you know, just kind of let a lot of the other characters do a lot of stuff because she didn't know what she was doing. <laughs> <laughs> She, she kind of, she was the tallest person in the party, I believe. We kind of had yes. a motley crew. They were all, they short. were all short. And I was, I, I'm just a half elf, half human. So I'm normal height, but I was still the tallest in the group, which was pretty surprising. Um, yeah. And that's a, that's another thing that I noticed with Michael. Michael like readily jumped into his role. Like he had, he was like ready with the voice and he was already talking as if he was the character. And that was really impressive to me about all three of you is that it was you just immediately jumped in and that's something that made me want to play more is because I kind of want to develop my character more and have a voice for it Mm -hmm. you know it was a lot of fun it was it was a lot easier than I thought there are some complicated rules that it's really nice to have people around who have played it a lot like you and Nick Mm -hmm. Um, there are a lot of complicated rules that I didn't know the details about but mostly it's just like okay what's in this room that we're in what do you want to do and I mostly wanted to like steal things and you know light the fireplace and stuff and hang out but that's not what the game's about it's about adventure yes yeah it was a lot of fun it was we laughed a lot (laughs) yes we did and i will probably put up um i will probably put up the whole recording as a bonus episode at some point yeah um because we had we did have a lot of fun it's probably a little bit of a mess because we were just like laughing the whole time but i think that's that's part why it's of the fun, fun for of people it. to listen to yeah yeah i think part of the fun of it is because like if you get the right group it, it's just a lot of fun and yeah i mean i say you have to get the right group because like there are some people that only want to speak in character yeah. you know the only thing and that, that they get say real, yeah. out of character is like oh i go over here you know because uh-huh. they have to say that right but that's you know. honestly i i'd like to play a game like that too where it's just complete immersion but i think mm-hmm. it will take a few It'll take a few tries for me to even get used to the game itself, you know? Sure, yeah. But, you know, I think that what we did kind of casually was still just a lot of fun. And, yeah, it was. You know, it's it's fun to kind of defy reality for a couple hours and just be like, yep, I can cast a spell. Yeah. And it backfired. Sorry, yeah. Dak. <laughs> Sorry, Dak. Yeah, yeah, he got a lot of the... He got a lot of the... 
um, bad ends of most deals in that game. <laughs> yeah, he really I didn't did. have a lot of sympathy for him either, if I'm being honest. No, no. Yeah, on our drive home, he even Michael was just like, you know what? If we do do this more, I need to find a new character because I just don't. I I didn't I didn't relate to Jack at all. I don't want to play him anymore. <laughs> and I was like, I don't blame you. He's not a very not a very sympathetic guy. <laughs> no, yeah. And I mean, there are people that can pull that off, but. Yeah. Um, part part of it, and I kind of went over this, you know, about halfway through the episode. Um, a lot of it is just kind of learning about yourself and like being comfortable with yourself, mm-hmm. because you know we have a lot of societal pressures to act a certain way, and uh, role playing games can be a little bit of escapism. You know, oh, yeah. you can pretend to be someone you're not for a little bit. Yeah. And for some people, that's really good because they can discover like in a safe environment oh this is how people react if i assert myself a little Mm -hmm. bit more or oh this is how people react when i say things that a jerk says yeah treat me like a jerk so maybe i shouldn't do that like yeah it's a nice controlled environment where they can test out some of their yeah (laughs) yeah that's a that's pretty interesting way to look at it yeah so i mean whether or not that's true for anybody like I, I'm I, I don't know I think it's probably true for a lot of people just yeah. a little bit of escapism. Well, I mean, well, yeah, because when you put your I think you and I both as I mean I used to be kind of a fiction writer and I know you you are in it into it too. But when when you write a fiction book that you're just this is at least the case with me. There's always some aspects of the main character that share qualities with myself, and so mm-hmm. it's kind of clear that I kind of try to. It's kind of a form of, you know, if if this was me in a different situation, how would I be reacting to stuff? And I, there were a lot of aspects to my character that I was just kind of like, like the character was a hermit and she, you know, captured all her food herself. She was she mapped out like areas in the mountains that no one else had ever gone to, you know, and stuff. And, yeah, it's a little bit of wishful thinking on my part. Like I kind of wish that that was my life right now, you know? (laughs) And so it was just kind of projecting a little bit of like, man, if I just could have my life be anything, what would it be like? And it would be, it would be a lot like my, um, my D&D character. Yeah. Oh yes. Her name's Melanie. That's right. Mel, if you're listening to this, I didn't name her after you. It was just, (laughs) it was just a really, it was just, it was a good name because it's a human name, but I gave it like elf spelling you know, Ooh. so I was trying to be clever in that sense. But yeah, my old my old best friend, Melanie, probably is really flattered if she even listens to this. <laughs> at all. all right. Well, thank you for recording with me today. Um, yeah. I I just I have such a deep love for RPGs for so yeah. many reasons, which I hope I articulated well. You did. Yeah. I really hope that if anything, I don't, I don't know if you, if someone who's listening has had any reservations about playing if you well first of all it's really easy if you know someone and if you know mm-hmm. someone and you they've kind of invited you or you're interested and you're just kind of like holding back a little bit just give it a shot because the worst thing that can happen is that like you get embarrassed in front of like two friends and really who cares and it, there's really nothing embarrassing about it because everyone's as committed as you are you know it like mm-hmm. feels it feels weird, but you just it's so much fun. Just please give it a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw this uh, sentiment online. I can't remember where, but you know, somebody was saying like a lot of people look at you know D and D or RPG players, and they're like, "Oh man, what a loner nerd!" And it's like, no, I have three to five friends who tolerate me every week. Mm-hmm. This is great. <laughs> yeah. 
It is great. <laughs> it's it's just a fun way to like get together and you know, sometimes you play with people that you just want to punch their lights out, but oh, yeah. a lot of times you play with people that you're like, I love you so much more. Yeah. <laughs> for just jumping into this with me. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's very very bonding. Good yeah. bonding activity. It is. So, uh, I think that'll be it for us for this week. We are kind of discussing some format changes to the podcast. Um, nothing super drastic, but it's, you know, it might take just a couple of extra weeks. So we might Mm -hmm. be on this kind of sporadic update schedule for, for a little bit longer, but, um, I really like, yeah, I really, really like having a solid update schedule and I don't want to make any promises until I feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, you know, promising that update schedule. Um, it is going to be soon, though. I'm, you know, we're not just letting it lie. Obviously, uh, unattended. Yeah. We are still working on it, but yep, it's um, important to us. Yeah, we are. We are also looking at just some minor tweaks um, that will be for the better. So, yeah, hang in tight with us, please, and <laughs> just know, listeners, that we really do love you. Thank you yeah. so much for sticking with us. Yeah, <laughs> and please check us out on social media. Our Twitter is at Kittens and Kanye, uh, where I will be uploading some RPG-related stuff over mm-hmm. the next few days. And the Instagram is Kitten Whiskers and Kanye, at Kitten Whiskers and Kanye. Um, yep, that's just our Instagram page. You'll see our big orange cat logo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. That's and, a pretty uh, great one. Yeah. Good things to come, everyone. Yes. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, that'll bump us up in the charts. And uh, we would very much appreciate that to be able to reach out to other people. And if there is an episode that you particularly enjoyed, please share it with with your friends and family on social media. We get way more listens when other people share our episodes versus when we share our own episodes. Yep. Well, thanks for joining us. We hope to see you next time. I'm Audrey Stratton. I'm Carmen Thorley. And this has been Kitten Whiskers and Kanye. And I'm going to go eat some taquitos. (laughs) And an English muffin. (laughs) Ooh.